What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham, Justin Treese, and Mr. Dan Kiefer for a new episode of Talking Football. Uh, it's been a little bit, boys. I feel like I said that the last time I was on. It's been a little bit. That's my fault. I apologize. I got things going on. Doesn't matter. Not to make excuses. We're here now, and we're going to have some fun because we're going to be predicting the NFL awards of this next season with the MVP, Coach of the Year, Offensive Defensive Player of the Year, the Rookies of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and then we're going to get a little Heisman action going on in there as well. But first off, it's good seeing you, boys. Hope you're doing well. Hope your week's going swell because I'm happy to see you. Hey, happy to see you too, man. I know we uh, we probably wasted too much time on our pre-show, but it was nice. Maybe one of these times we'll just have Therese accidentally hit record and uh, we'll let everybody get a little peek behind the scenes. I think, uh, I think that'd be hilarious. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea, but, you know, Therese, you just you got to tell him when to push the record button or otherwise he just sits there, so... Yeah, managers yeah, these days, I tell you. I don't, that. I know, I know. I don't think that I would like it if we would press record too early because I think then people would be like, okay, I assumed he was an asshole, but he really is an asshole. So, wow, his jokes really hit hard. <laughs> they do, they do. I mean, you do what you can. So, with that being said, let's just dive right into it. So, yes, Heisman Trophy. Well, let's just get the one college one out of the way and then we'll go into our NFL stuff. So, Heisman Trophy winner, who are you betting on? If you had, you know, if you had the money and you're just going to bet on one player, who would you put it on? Um, I will start off. This one is like kind of a little bit of a cheat. It's like, yeah, it's probably CJ Stroud, like overall at plus 200, but I didn't want to be that guy. And so I actually swapped it to Hendon Hooker at plus 4,000, the Tennessee Volunteers quarterback. So I am. I'm very, very high on Tennessee this year, surprisingly. Um, I actually think that they win easily nine games and possibly 10. Wow. Uh, so you you like Tennessee like I like Purdue. Yes. Yeah. Uh, everybody That's, knows uh, Dan is a big Purdue guy now. It just um, happened. Why? But like, I don't – it just happened, man. I, it just, I didn't mean to. It was, it was such a weird thing. Like, like we were texting and like all of a sudden, like Dan sent me, I don't know, like 15 texts about like stats on Purdue. I'm like, I don't give a shit, dude. Stop sending me that. Yeah, you don't give a, a shit. And then like, all of a sudden when we're in middle September and you know, you've gone undefeated on Purdue lines, guess who gives a shit about Purdue? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But for me, like why I'm choosing hooker. I mean, like he had basically, he was just short of 3000 receiving yards last year. 31 touchdowns, only three interceptions. And that was when he still faced guys or teams like Alabama and Georgia, which he faces again this year. I mean, I'll say it right now. I think that they, I think they beat one of those two teams this year. I think that this offense is going to be unbelievable. The defense is what scares me, but I think overall the Tennessee offense is going to be electric this year. So give me Hendon Hooker at plus 4,000. Yeah, I don't I don't hate that as a long shot. Uh for me personally, I went chalk and I I don't like going chalks. I feel like on these preseason bets, the favorite never actually wins. But I don't see how CJ Stroud doesn't win this award, guys. If we're being completely honest, quarterback Ohio State last year, 44 touchdowns to six interceptions, over 4,400 yards. Dude, balls. I think last year, if he was a junior instead of a sophomore, there's a great chance he wins it. Like, it's just one of those awards they like giving to upperclassmen. Now he is that upperclassman. Chances are he's not going to be back for his senior year, barring an injury. So I think Ohio State's a lock to finish top three. 
I think that makes CJ Stroud the best player and one of the best teams in the country. Bryce Young already has a Heisman. So yeah, I'm going CJ Stroud. I think this is actually of all the awards today. This one's probably the most open and close for me. Yeah. And I'm right there with you. I almost put CJ Stroud myself, but I didn't want us to have the same answers on any of it. So some of these, you know, I kind of agreed with you guys. on kind of who I thought they would be, but I think only left one player the same. Cause it was like, ah, there's no way I'm picking anybody else. But for CJ Stroud, I think them in Ohio State or him in Ohio State, I should say, are just everything is going to be rolling. That offense is going to be absolutely terrifying. Defense was really young last year. That's kind of what hurt them. And then CJ Stroud, first year starter as well. I think Ohio State's almost a lot to make it to the national championship game. I know I'm not the only one with that take, but it just feels like that's where this season's going to go for them. But for me, my Heisman in the world of college football is Bijan Robinson. And it's probably going to come off as a homer pick to those of you who know me and know that I'm a Texas fan. But I also think the fact that Texas has a real shot to make some noise in the Big 12 this year. Now, second week of the season, probably not against the University of Alabama. They're probably going to get annihilated at home when the last time I checked, Alabama is plus 17 for that game. And I'm actually planning on going to it. And I have buddies that are going with me for a bachelor party, not mine, his. And they are putting loads of money on Alabama. But in saying all of that, I do think Bijan Robson has a real chance to just continue to make a name for himself. He put himself on the spotlight last year with people talking about him. You watch the Red River rivalry game. He continued to make plays. It was insane and throughout the rest of the year, the dude's just a stud. I think he continues to build off that. And with the success that Texas could possibly have this year, I think people are going to look at Bijan and go, he's the reason why they are. Yeah. I and think, then moving go in, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think Bijan's a crazy pick of the non, you know, the Heisman's turned in somewhat of a quarterback award outside of Devonta Smith. And the best, if you want to go on pure talent, skill, whatever you want to call it, non-quarterback in college football is Bijan Robinson. And if Texas finds a way to beat Alabama, this is not predicting. This is if we're just going to live in a little world here, folks. A little hypothetical. If, if Texas beats Bama, one, they're back. Two, it's going to be because of Bijan Robinson. And we always talk about your Heisman moment. Well, boys, beating Bama as a what 17 point underdog that's mm. they don't get Heisman moments much bigger than that so I I, I like it as a dart throw as like a dark horse I think Bijan would be a lot of fun absolutely now let's get into the NFL side of things with the offensive rookie of the year I also kind of went with a little bit of a dark horse here a running back as well again here uh, James Cook he's at plus 1400 to win the offensive rookie of the year this year the running back for the Buffalo Bills some people might hear that and be like mm, it's a little bit of a packed room with Zach Moss Singletary's there as well. And it's like, hey, I don't give a shit. I think by the time we reach the middle point of the season and we realize who's making noise, what team is winning ball games, it is going to be the Buffalo Bills. And the one thing that they have been missing is just a, a running game that you have to like just fear in Buffalo because we know Josh Allen. We know that defense. We know the weapons that they have on offense to go with Josh Allen, but they've still just missed that running back. They might have it with James Cook here. I like it. I'd like to pick by Buffalo as well when they got him in the draft. I think James Cook at plus 1,400 for offensive rookie of the year is a pretty safe pick. In my mind, I know it seems a little risky to other people, but just kind of looking at everything else in the situation of him going to be on a winning team, he's probably going to be able to solidify himself, roll in offense as well, and be a threat. I like it. Yeah, I hey, a huge – I think we're all James Cook fans on this uh, on this podcast. Big fan of his skill set. A uh, future Dolphin that just didn't – get there uh i'm going chris olave wide receiver uh new orleans saints and i also love that when i put my picks in i put all the betting odds and we just haven't mentioned them yet even we all put them all in i think that's fantastic uh but chris olave is plus 800 right now folks this is usually a quarterback award too right 
here's the thing. I don't think there's a quarterback this year that wins it. It looks like Kenny Pickett's going to get that delayed start, and it sure helps when you play the full season. So now we start painting pitchers. We talk about team guys that are going to be on winning teams. I think Olave is going to have a huge role in the Saints offense. Okay. And if he does, that deep threat, we're talking a little touchdowns from Jameis action. I know later we might talk about Jameis. We'll see. But I think a plus 800, these are good odds. I think out of all the rookies, he has the best chance on a team that'll be in playoff contention to put it up. You know, I don't want to say Pro Bowl numbers because it's a joke, but, you know, in that wide receiver one ballpark. Nice. So it's funny because I actually looked at both of these guys. So you had already had a love and I was like, I do like a love. I think a love has a, a love has a chance at like, honestly, it's funny because he's plus 800. I think he has a chance at like, I saw like 800 yards and like six or seven touchdowns like this year. I think that's like in the realm of what he wants. Um, I looked at James Cook, especially because something actually opposite of what Dan just said is like, I actually don't think this is a, a quarterback award. So six of the last 10 years, it has not been a quarterback. So I've actually thought that was very interesting. So yeah, you want me to name them off? Jamar Chase. And then it was Herbert and Murray, which are both quarterbacks. And then we have Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara, both not. And then you have Prescott. And then you have Todd Gurley, Odell Beckham, Eddie Lacy. So you're saying the last two out of three have been quarterbacks. I am saying, okay, so you, you <laughs> numbers can make them say what you want. <laughs> you do small, you do small sample size. I'll do larger sample. Hey man, size. aim small, miss small. Have yeah, you exactly. seen the Patriot? Come on. It, either way, we both actually never, we, none of us chose a quarterback anyways. So when it's all said and done, um, but I went with plus 1400. I went with Drake London. Uh, this team is going to be garbage in Atlanta. They're going to be throwing it all over the field. Eventually. I think people are going to be sick of, Kyle Pitts just kicking the shit out of them and they're going to start double teaming him and then they're going to leave Drake London one-on-one again, no Calvin Ridley this year, because don't forget gambling is worth a bigger suspension than everything else on earth. Um, So we'll just go with that. Drake London is the guy plus 1400. I think those are great odds um, for offensive rookie of the year. Hopefully we have the first, I, I guess back-to-back is what I should say, back-to-back offensive rookie of the years that are wide receivers. So that is where I'm at on that. I will go over to defensive player of the year. I am, yeah, just like how Austin said, hey, maybe it's a homer pick for me for Heisman. Maybe it's a homer pick for me in defensive rookie of the year. And no, I'm actually not going Devin Lloyd, which I know that's what most people probably assumed. With him being hurt most of camp and just getting back into like light work, I think that he's going to have like, he's gonna probably going to start off slow. Um, so I went with Trayvon Walker. I think that this defensive line and these linebackers have just shown even in preseason that like they're going to be a force and everybody's going to be focused on Josh Allen, that Trayvon Walker is going to get one-on-one. And like, you could see it in the hall of fame game, just his length and everything is going to cause havoc for the NFL. Like he's going to cause problems just by his strength and length. So give me Trayvon Walker, number one overall pick at plus 800. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. I mean, people might call it a homer pick, but like you said, in the Hall of Fame game, there was a couple moments that were all caps, text-worthy, bull rushes, uh, You know, him utilizing his length and everything else. Tell you what, I, I took another favorite. This is the last favorite I picked today, all right? But I just – I couldn't do it, and it might be a little bit because I watched Hard Knocks this morning. But for defensive rookie of the year, I'm going Aiden Hutchinson. I just think if you look at the landscape, the left tackle or the the offensive tackles he's going to go against, the division he's in, the Lions could flirt with 500 
And if the Lions get to sub 500, it's going to be a big story. You know, this has been a, a seller dweller for so long. If they're going to be a story which makes Aiden Hutchinson a story, especially with the draft capital, you know, used on him. I think this is a safe bet of the defensive rookies. This is, you know, you got to have either sacks or interceptions. So this makes it a defensive lineman or a, you know, stud defensive back. And I think Hutchinson could get in that eight sack range, which is definitely enough to be considered or even win this award. So I'm going to Aiden Hutchinson here. And you're absolutely not alone there either, Dan, because that's exactly why I went with Aiden Hutchinson at plus 550. Like you said, the current betting favorite. And I mean, you just watch that guy's first snap in the NFL. Dude finds himself in the backfield and tackling the running back for a loss. And it's just like, hey, that's exactly what the Lions want. You hear, you know, the way the coaches talk about him on hard knocks and you see the way the team kind of just responds and reacts to Aiden Hutchinson, you know, whether he's singing or just in practice or whatnot, everyone's talking about him. And it was like, Hey, this guy is just, you know, tenacious. He doesn't stop. And then it's just like, you look at Aiden Hutchinson, you're like, that's awesome. Like that's exactly what you wanted the guy to be transitioning from Michigan into the NFL. And I do think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I think the point that you made too, with, you know, if the lines do find any bit of success this year and find themselves at 500 or just below it with the new schedule, that's impossible now, but it's the fact that like, Okay, that happens. Dan Campbell's might as well just put him as a lock of coach of the year. You know what I mean? Jared Goff, maybe he gets comeback player of the year. Maybe Amon Ron St. Brown, you know, maybe he's up there, top one of the top receivers in the league. It's just like any bit of success that the Lions have, it's going to boost everyone else up on that roster. And I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I'm fucking rooting for it because I want to see the Lions be good. I like what they have going on right now. I don't think it's going to be anything soon. I don't think they're going to have a lot of success this year, but like any bit of success that they have, I am just rooting for it. And so for our guy, Riley, that's listening, I know he's listening. He's probably going to listen to this part so many times. Let's go Lions. Absolutely about it. I'm, I'm freaking happy for it. I, they're finally doing things the right way, and thank God. Now moving on to our comeback player of the year. This is where I might get a little homerish as well. But at the same time, if you've been paying attention to anything in training camp, you've heard about this connection, and you've heard about the fact of like, oh, wow, like, okay, there is something there. He looks a little bit stronger. He looks a little bit bigger. He looks like he's mentally focused, refocused, ready to go. And that's Juju Smith-Schuster for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's sitting here at plus 2,000. That's a lot, okay? That is going to be quite the stretch, quite the reach for it. But in my mind, it's like this guy has an opportunity to just kind of rejuvenate his career in the NFL as a receiver. It's also a contract year. He just signed a one-year deal in Kansas City. This offense might flow through him in terms of the passing game, aside from Travis Kelsey and the other targets that are there in Kansas City. But if Juju Smith-Schuster Juju Smith can continue to make a name for himself this season with the Chiefs, he's going to put himself back on the map. People are going to look at him and be like, hmm, that right there, that's a comeback type of play. Because last year he was injured. He did deal with that a little bit. In uh, Pittsburgh, you come to Kansas City, you look good. They find ways to win. They find themselves at the top. People are going to be looking at Juju Smith-Schuster as a part of that as well. Yeah, I uh, definitely think so. Not to mention, you know, Juju's on a one-year contract, so if he wants to get paid, he's going to have the ball, and we see that happen pretty often. Uh, I'm going Baker, Baker, touchdown maker for my comeback player of the year. Uh, spoiler alert, I think he's the starting quarterback in Carolina, no matter what Matt Rule says, uh, especially with Ben McAdoo as his offensive coordinator. You want to talk about putting a dream team together, boys. Here we go. But uh, I think everybody forgot Baker knows how to throw the football. I mean, this is a guy that threw 27 touchdowns as a rookie, and I don't think he played to like the third or fourth game. This is a guy that last year with a device, injuries, and everything negative around him still put up 3,000 yards. You put him into an offense with DJ Moore. You put him into offense with Christian McCaffrey. 
and a little and an offense that's more schematically driven to actually throw the ball and not just run, 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 run. I think Baker could really get some national attention and not just on because of his commercials. I think, you know, if, if Baker can throw 30 touchdowns and 10 or less interceptions, I think that's good enough to win this award, especially with his persona and everything else that does impact these awards. If you're a magnetic personality, which love him or hate him, Baker is. So give me Baker at plus 900. Interesting picks from both of you. Not either. I did not really consider either guy for comeback player of the year. So I love hearing the thoughts more because like Baker, like, yeah, I believe that like, it's an upgrade for Carolina, but like, I don't con- like, I don't know. For some reason, I just don't consider those guys as comeback. Like when I think of comeback player of the year, I think of like major, major injuries. I don't know why, but I, I mean, just he do. got traded for a launder hamper of used socks. I mean, it's not my fault that he's like just straight up sucks. Like that's not my fault. So um, I don't know what to tell you there. Um, and yeah, I'm just trying to disagree just to disagree. So we're not always just agreeing here because that makes the podcast more fun. Austin's being super quiet right now. Cause he's super mad that I just like said something negative about a chief. Um, but I'm going to go with JK Dobbins at plus 1400 coming off of the ACL MCL injury. Everybody's like, is he even going to play at the start of the year? He comes out on Twitter, says he's going to, this team's still going to be run heavy. I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a great year. Um, they don't have Marquise Brown anymore. So I think that they might even throw it to the running backs a little bit more. He's plus 1400. He's going to have 1400 total yards this year. And he's going to be comeback player of the year. End of discussion. Coach of the year. I went super long shot. So Austin, I, I'm not going to say you're a guy, but I wanted to pick your guy. So I really, really like your pick on this one. Um, I am actually going with Dennis Allen here at plus 3000. I think the saints are getting disrespected. I think a lot of people are like, no, Sean Payton. They're still caught up on no Drew Brees. Uh, there's still the question marks of Alan Kamara, which is, I think is coming more and more clear that he's going to be able to play the entire year. And they're just not putting it into account of like, they got they brought in a lot of veterans into this team and a lot of people that are writing people off Tyron Matthew, Jarvis Landry, those type of guys that I think that those guys have something to prove they're going to come out and ball and I think that the Saints are going to make the playoffs and that is going to be enough to get him coach of the year. So give me Dennis Allen at plus 3000. I think we should have a show where no matter what happens we just slaughter the guys picked before us. Uh, I think if, if that's what Therese really wants to do. So do listen, Therese, I, I don't care if you got three toes and one ass cheek. I'm going to kick your ass, all right? And that's because for coach of the year, there's only one man it can be, and that's Dan Campbell. Folks, if you follow along with the betting podcast, you know we're about parlays, and we got our first parlay of the year here because we're building something. Aiden Hutchinson, defensive rookie of the year. And we talked about if that happens, we're going to get the Lions to sub 500. Okay. We're going to get the Lions in playoff contention. That division outside of literally singularly Aaron Rodgers is booty. Okay. So the Lions are going to have a chance to win some damn ball games. They were in just about every game last year. Dan Campbell, pick your quote, pick your grit hat, piece of apparel, whatever you want. The guy knows how to get people going. So the Lions at sub 500, Dan Campbell at plus 1600. Good vibes, good vibes. Let's get this thing in motion and we're riding it. Austin, tell me who's getting second. 
<laughs> that was actually pretty good there. You stumped me for a second. I was like, what do you mean? Ah, jokester, Mr. Jokes. Uh, sticking it with the plus 1600, though, I actually went with Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach for the Denver Broncos. It's his first year as a head coach. We are aware of that. But the team that he is pretty much inheriting right now is just absolutely stellar. And we saw his reaction and his responses to everything about Russell Wilson when the trade was absolutely solidified. We saw what they did in the draft. We see the guys that are coming back in Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. I mean, Albert O at tight end. I don't think, you know, that's not a huge name to pay attention to. It's not sexy in the world of fantasy either, but it's still a guy that is reliable. And then you look at the running back situation, and I like what they have there. You look at their defense, Justin Simmons back there at safety. I just think it's one of those deals where you sit here and you look at the Denver Broncos and go, there's no reason for them to not be good this year. But then you take another step back and you go, well, actually, there is one reason. They're playing in the AFC West, and that's going to be a tough division. But at the same time, you have veterans on this team. You guys have you have guys that have played in the NFL that have won in the NFL and know what it takes and what it's like. I think Nathaniel Hackett and the Denver Broncos' success this year puts him right up there for coach of the year. Now, I'm also rooting for Dan Campbell, so I'm not going to argue with you, Dan. Dan going with Dan. You love to see that, sticking with the same name. That's kind of cute. But with Nathaniel Hackett and that offense and the potential of the Denver Broncos, I think that's something to definitely keep an eye on. Justin Trees gave me a little bit of a smirk as I was talking through that. He's even got his finger raised. Let's hear it. So two things. Mm -hmm. One, why I love this pick is, and no, I'm not saying the Broncos are going to win this division, but because that division is so hard, I could easily see people just being like, coach of the team that won the hardest division wins coach of the year. So like, that's why I love the odds. Uh, The other one was, you said the Albert O, not like a big name for fantasy disagree completely i think he is a very very good sleeper tight end the only reason i say that is because russell wilson doesn't utilize the tight end he wants that beautiful deep ball throw and he has multiple weapons in Cortland sutton jerry judy kj hamler i just think it's one of those deals where you sit there and you look at it and you look at the running back two and williams it's like damn forget about the forget about the tight end i got you know what i mean i can go anywhere i think he's such I think he's such a nightmare for linebackers and safeties, though. I think that he's going to have a ton of touchdowns. I could easily see that dude like being the one that ends up with like double-digit touchdowns. And like, I would love, I would love for that. I would, I would be so happy. Run. And now it would piss me off because that's what I thought would happen last year with Drew Locke and Noah Fant, and it fucking didn't. But here we are. Albert O gets yeah. the reap, the uh, the misses of Noah Fant. Speaking of, I, I kind of wanted to pick Drew Locke like for fun, but then I didn't because I took this seriously. But does anybody know what Drew Locke's comeback player of the year odds are? Probably a million. I mean, shit. I mean, it's worth 10 bucks, right? Just for the ride? It might be. I don't know. It's I plus 4,000. Four oh I'm, I'm rooting for, for Drew Locke. I know I've come on this podcast before, and when he was going through the draft process and talking about him, meeting him in Mobile and interviewing him, I know I've told that story several times. But you've turned you turned the table last year. Like it was me saying that he wasn't. Like it, remember, it was me being like he's not going to be on the Broncos in a year. And you're like, you're no, 100%, I think that he's but one hundred percent correct. So yeah, but like the point is, is, like you were like you like switched your tone, whatever it was, mm-hmm. before last, basically a year ago from yeah. today. Like you were just like, no, like he's actually my guy now. I'm still rooting for him. I want to see something happen. I just I don't know if it's going to in Seattle. It's just it's one of those situations where maybe it's just time to to move on from Mr. Drew Lock. But one thing that I'm not going to move on from is a potential offensive player of the year in my book sitting here at plus 900, Jonathan Taylor. I was so close to putting this guy as MVP, but I just I couldn't get myself to do it because of the guy that I picked MVP. I think is just an absolute lock and success on their season this year is another freaking lock. 
So I'm going with Jonathan Taylor as the offensive player of the year, the running back for the Indianapolis Colts. If you don't know the name, you clearly don't watch football, but at least we're talking about it here. So thank you for joining us. But him with the Indianapolis Colts and Matt Ryan as his quarterback now and another year with the weapons there, if they can stay healthy, that receiving core, I do think it's something that could be scary in terms of the fact that it's going to open up lanes for Jonathan Taylor and the opportunities that he's going to have even in the passing game to where he's going to make more plays than he did last year. And I think it was Frank Reich that said it last year. And if it wasn't him, it was at least another front office member of the Indianapolis Colts that like, this guy is just like a ticking time bomb of an explosive play. You don't know when it's going to happen, but you can almost guarantee that it will. So for me, Jonathan Taylor plus 900 for the offensive player of the year, I freaking absolutely love it. And I honestly might put actual money on this pick here. Yeah. I'm a contractually forbidden to say anything negative about Jonathan Taylor ever. Uh, but I will say that anyone that wants to play the argument of Taylor won't have as many touches as he had last year. I completely hear you. And I think that's true, but I think on the flip side, he will be so much more efficient with his touches this year that because of Matt Ryan versus Carson Wentz, you know, you're not going to see, you know, 11 guys in the box, uh, <laughs> you know, trying mm-hmm. to stop Taylor. So uh, I think that it goes both ways. Yeah. I could, I would think it's, almost a guarantee that he has a big year again. Another guy having a big year is a guy looking for a contract extension. So my pick for offensive player of the year is Mr. Lamar Jackson, quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. I don't mean trees big fans of this guy. I just think things are lining up for him to absolutely go Nova this year. Uh, it came out earlier today. Deshaun Watson's not playing the first 11 games. So we know we're getting at least one win against Cleveland. That's a tough division. Suddenly, you know, five years ago, the division was a joke. Now it's a tough division. And the Ravens, man, top to bottom, you could argue they have a top three roster in football. And I think that's extremely safe to say. So I like Lamar Jackson here. I think, you know, he has a very good chance of locking up the one or two seed because, like you said, teams in the AFC West are going to beat up on each other. So if Baltimore gets the one seed, and we'll talk about that next week. But for right now, I'm going to get Lamar Jackson as my MV, as my offensive player of the year pick. Nice. Yeah. And at plus 2,200, that's that's great. Um, I'm going with another long shot. I've realized that I think I've been going with more long shots than you guys have. Maybe I didn't do this right. Um, but I am going to go with <laughs> Christian McCaffrey at plus 2,500 for offensive player of the year. Uh, yes, I get it. He's been injured the last two years. It's very scary. He can get injured again. I also think that like some of those injuries are fluky, not like injury prone type things. If this dude stays healthy with what could be comeback player of the year and Dan's eyes and Baker Mayfield, CMC is going to end up with 2000 yards, like between receiving and rushing, he will end up with 2000 yards. And if he does that, he's going to get offensive player of the year. It's plain and simple. Like that's it. So give me, yeah, at 2,500, you're basically just betting, is CMC going to stay healthy or not? So I'll take that all day. So that is my offensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year. We don't have anybody the same here. I thought for sure we would have the same here. But I'm going Nick Bosa at plus 1,500. So this dude last year was rehabbing his ACL all offseason and still walked away with 15 and a half sacks. 15 and a half with having a rehab all offseason. He gets this offseason to just be healthy and do his thing while that defense is now year two of the with under this new defensive coordinator and D'Amico Ryans. Given, yes, I understand it's the same type of offense or defense, but it's a new defensive coordinator. Give me Nick Bosa at plus 1500. I for sure am putting money on this next week. Um, I think he ends up with 
close to 18 sacks and that'll do it. I, I know that, I know that TJ Watt ended up with what, 22 and a half last year. I don't think anybody ends up with 20 this year. So give me Nick Bosa, let's say like 60 to 65 combined tackles with about 18 sacks. Yeah. I'm going to spoil it a little bit here. Uh, none of us picked the guy who's won three out of the last five and Aaron Donald, which is kind of crazy. Cause I think at some point this is going to become the, uh, Aaron Donald defensive player of the year award. They're going to just rename it after him because of his dominance, but I'm going to play that narrative game again. And I'm going to go Vaughn Miller edge from the Buffalo bills. The bills have been looking to get over that hump for two years now uh, in a very competitive AFC. And they finally, you know, they're all in now. It's very clear that entire roster, the organization, they're all in to win with Josh Allen right now. And in doing so, they signed Vaughn Miller to a massive contract. So this is a little bit of a gamble on his health as well. He's fought a couple minor injuries over the last couple of years. But if he stays healthy and if he can make an impact in that division, once again, let's look at the tackles he's going to play against. I can tell you right now, outside of Toronto, Armstead, Miami doesn't have anybody that can block themselves. Okay. We know what the Jets are. They've already had Mekhi Becton go down. And then the Patriots. Well, who knows what the Patriots are? That offense has been on the, the decline the last couple of years too. Well, that's six games that Vaughn's going to play less than average offensive tackle play. He could definitely have double-digit 15, 17 sacks this year, even at his age. And at plus 3,300 for a long shot, man, I tell you what, Vaughn Miller seems like a really fun pick. It caught me by surprise when I read the name on there. I'm not going to be honest, but you kind of sold me on a little bit. I went with the guy who won it last year, and I'm going with a little bit of a repeat in Mr. TJ Watt. I know you brought up Aaron Donald. None of us picked him. That's fine. My thing with Aaron Donald is the fact that I wouldn't be surprised if he's already just kind of like one foot out the door. And I know he just signed a major deal, and I know their head coach just got one as well, and I know their GM's about to – Again, or I shouldn't say again, I just needed to find another one because I just already said as well. Also, but the fact that like all these guys are getting new contracts, right? They just won a Super Bowl. I'm worried that there's going to be a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover, that there's going to be a little bit of complacency amongst the, the Los Angeles Rams and the fact of like, hey, Matthew Stafford came over from Detroit, comes to L.A., immediately wins a Super Bowl. You're telling me there's not thoughts of him just like retiring and riding off into the sunset with the, the injuries of everything that he's battled through in his career in the National Football League? Same thing with like Sean McVay. It was like, hey, he almost retired. He's going to go to the booth, make millions. Actually, maybe see if I can go win one more. Let's go have some more fun. Aaron Donald, you know, thought about doing the same thing, had a successful career. Let's go ahead and retire. The reason that's the reason why I didn't do it, and I just wonder if the Rams are going to be able to repeat. I'm not going to sit here and just say they're absolutely not, but at least want to throw it out there and make sure like I'm not the only one at least thinking this. Have you guys thought that at least a little bit or am I alone on that? You know, I just thought when you were talking that this is the first off season that I haven't seen a video of Aaron Donald training with any dangerous weapons to get ready for the year. <laughs> so now, now I'm suddenly concerned. Yeah. I mean, something to keep an eye on. There's no more knives. The knives have been put up. They've put away. They put them in the box, nice. taped them up, put them in storage, lost it. Can't find them. Not going to go back and look for them. That's right. Knives are out. It's a mystery, folks. <laughs> you better freaking believe it. Great, by the way. So with me, I almost went with Miles Garrett as well. Um, and I just, I didn't end up doing, I went back with TJ Watt and I brought up the whole point of Aaron Donald too, because we looked at the dominance of Aaron Donald over the last couple of years, like you brought up. And before that, it was JJ Watt. And I think that's just kind of how the NFL works with these defensive players, especially along the defensive line is we kind of get this air of greatness from him, and then we move on to the next one. And I think right now we are moving, we are transitioning into the next one of it just happening to be the next Watt of TJ Watt. 
And so I am picking him. I believe he is the favorite right now, too, at plus 700. So it's not that risky of a pick. But it's just the fact that I look at T.J. Watt and the Pittsburgh Steelers in that division and the opportunities that he's going to have to make plays. And I'm, I'm rolling with him again to win defensive player of the year. Because not only is he going to get the opportunity to make plays, it's going to be the impactful plays that keeps people's attention and holds that and goes, that was a high-value sack. Any questions or concerns on that before I move on to the actual MVP of the National Football League? No, I actually agree with you on all that. I'm actually more surprised none of us took Miles Garrett. Like, he's just always the sexy name for the last, like, three years that, like, somebody always picks. And I think that, like, people are now, like, over that. That, like, now, exactly where I was. now the year is. Now this is the year he's going to do it, right? Just because none of us picked him. <laughs> yep. I wouldn't be surprised. But like I said, let's get into the MVP of the National Football League. I do have the betting favorite as well. I kind of teased at the beginning of the show. I think this is almost a lock for him and just the sense of the success that this team's going to have and the success that he's going to have this year as he's gotten better every single season that he's been in the league as a starter for this team. And that is Mr. Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. I think this is the third time's the charm for them. We saw them two years ago. You lose, you know, a tight one to Kansas City in the AFC Championship game and the fact that it was close for a little bit, and then it kind of turned into a blowout. You lose your emotions. Last year, we all know the playoff game, 13 seconds left. Kansas City makes just crazy plays. Boom, overtime, win the coin toss. They win it. I think this year with Buffalo and the weapons that they've added on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, like you mentioned earlier, Dan, with Von Miller now being a piece of that, it's just like, damn, this might be Buffalo's year. And I'm saying this as a Chiefs fan. I'm saying this as, you know, a guy who's been rooting for their success and almost kind of despised the Bills. But, like, last year watching that team and just seeing the looks on their faces after that game ended, sitting right next to their sideline, you knew that it was, like, redemption. Last year I thought was their redemption season. This year 100% is. The Bills are on a mission, and so is Josh Allen. And for me, he is my MVP at plus 700. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. And uh, of the, in my opinion, the top three teams in the AFC, you know, Buffalo, Baltimore, and uh, um, oh my gosh, sorry, the Chiefs, you know, I think Buffalo has the easiest road to the number one seed or the worst division, however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. uh, so my pick is actually Justin Herbert. And this is a third-year quarterback who has defied the pre-draft process completely. Uh kind of found himself in that he's not a supernova yet, but the guy's a star. And in a big market like LA, if the Chargers can win the AFC West, Justin Herbert will be the league MVP. I'm very confident in that. Um, you know, this is I it's it's almost you know, not worth talking about because it's just that it's that simple. If the chargers can put down, put, put away that past of finding a way to screw something up every single time they have the chance to and win the division, which is probably the best division in football right now on paper, you get to be the MVP. So plus 900, I got Justin Herbert. Oh, I, I love both of these picks from you guys. Like, honestly, I, I kind of agree that Josh Allen would be my vote as well. I was just trying not to choose the absolute favorite. Um, and Herbert, totally agree. Like, you win you win the West. I freaking love you so much. Because you say that in the most, like, oh, you know, I just didn't want to cop out and pick the betting favorite. But, like, Josh Allen, probably a good decision. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, because it is. 
Like it's, I know. It's probably, it just, it's it's, probably a good call. You just cracked me up. Just like, yeah, you know, I just didn't want to pick any of the favorites. I didn't want to be like you got you suckers that just choose the favorites every single guy. Wow, well, Von um, Miller, there plus 3,300. Yeah, yeah, dude's a big favorite. Back. Yep, exactly, exactly. No, but really, I, I mean, I said it in the Heisman. I said, like, honestly, it would probably be Stroud, but I, I like the hooker pick. So um, why I chose this guy is, again, Five of the last seven years, the MVP has actually been plus 2,000 or worse at, to start the year. So oh. we talked about this a, lo- a little bit last year as well, Austin, um, given one of last year, Aaron Rodgers made mm-hmm. that irrelevant by, by being, I think he was second favorite. I think he owning Mahomes had better odds last year than mm-hmm. him. Um, but I'm going with Lamar Jackson here uh, again, just because it's plus 2,000. I do like both of your guys' picks. Herbert, again, if he wins, if they win the AFC West, he 1000% is winning it. Josh Allen, probably going to have the best record in the NFL. Um, eh, maybe not. There might be an, an NFC team just because the NFC teams are a little bit weaker, but for sure, I think probably be the top AFC team. So I like those. But again, Lamar, I think he's going to have a, you know, he's going to have a lot of rushing yards. He's going to have, a, he's going to have to throw it more than like we're used to. Um, he just has the ability to just have dual, dual, like, yardage that i think is just gonna like get everybody excited just like how he did you know three years ago so i'm going with lamar jackson there boom you got me down a rabbit hole trees does anybody want or entertain the thought because we're talked about you know quarterback specifically on the afc side Derek carr at plus 2800 i almost did it i think is it 28 yeah yeah 2800 Oh, so dead serious. He's dropped it 300 really? in the last 24 hours. Cause he was 25 when I looked yesterday. Like, I just feel like if I was building a sheet, you know, if you're going to go and put all these bets in, I think there's a strategy to take where you could really do well. Like let's like, I think we all agree that CJ Stroud is probably like the chalk choice. Okay. And same with Aiden Hutchinson. So if you, if you build those in and then you want to get a little risky, I mean, Carr at 2,800, for the same reasons we said Justin Herbert, Carr's been that good but not great quarterback his entire career. We get Devontae Adams, Darren Waller's still there, you know, new head coach. I mean, I think you could play with Derek Carr for MVP, and if you do that, I'm telling you right now, you might as well put some money on McDaniel Swing, uh, you know, coach of the year, because if the Raiders win that division, McDaniel is a first-year head coach, they're going to give him that award. Oh, without a doubt. And another thing to realize about Derek Carr, too, and I've seen it plenty, you know, watching him play Kansas City, play in Kansas City, is Derek Carr's at his best when he gets the ball out of his hand quickly. And that's what Josh McDaniel's offense is. That's when we saw Tom Brady as his best as well. And I'm not about to sit here and compare those two quarterbacks, but it's just the fact that that offense of Josh McDaniel's runs efficiently and so effectively when it's like, boom, here's the snap, make your read, get the ball out of your hand, let these guys go make plays. Now we take our shot. Now we try and trick them. Now we're just going to pound the ball down their throat. I think the Raiders could be kind of like one of those dark horse teams. And with Derek Carr, I feel like it was one of those deals where we sit, we want to see her and say, hey, like something to keep an eye on, keep an eye on. But I think right now everyone's keeping an eye on it because we see the potential and possibility of it there. And even Josh Jacobs, you mentioned, dude's on a contract here. He almost, you know I mean? There was a little bit of rumors kind of floating around. They're like, hey, he wants traded. He's going to be traded. Is he going to be here? I think he's going to be there. And I think, again, with Josh McDaniels on offense, they're just going to cycle through the running backs that they have. You know, Kenyon Drake's there as well. We can't forget that. Good at catching the ball in the backfield. Josh Jacobs, not bad either. That's only going to help Derek Carr in his possibility of winning the MVP here. What did you say, plus 2,800? Mm-hmm. Damn. 
I like so, it. I like it a lot. Yeah, me too. So like I like like just looking through that, like I like Derek Carr at 2,800. I like Kirk Cousins at 5,000. Like I like these guys more than I like, say, Russell Wilson at 1,400. Or, right. If or, you're going to pick a not favorite, Aaron, pick Aaron one Rogers that like that has a narrative with it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, it's funny you brought up Josh Jacobs right there, um, Austin, because I actually almost took – Zamir White for my offensive rookie of the year over Drake Ooh. London. Yeah, because I think Zamir White ends up taking over that job by the end of the year. I do think that they kind of cycle through their running backs, but I think that it does become Zamir White a lot more than Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. So, and his, his odds were crazy. Like, uh, what is it? Plus 6,000. Mm-hmm. So, you think Matt anyways. Ryan's another name to possibly throw out there? I think it could be. I mean, the Colts Plus are going to be good. Um, I but, think you know, the, the Colts start with for... one loss in Jacksonville before the season starts. Cause so, I mean, you know, yeah. that does hamper expectations. It does. It does. Yeah. You hate to see it. Hate to see it. Colts it's like what, five years in a row they've lost in Jacksonville? Like yeah. seven. Oh my God. Just silly. Like, yeah. Is like, it really I mean, seven? Be better. Yeah, some, be better. Crazy, than it's a long time. Well, it's about to be like, eight. So. You're damn straight. It is week two. <laughs> be ready. Um, Man, I love looking at MVP odds. I don't know why I find it so fascinating, but like, like there's crazy, there's people that are so high that I'm like, how are you higher than this person? Like, it's nuts. I don't know. So how do you, since you're looking at those, I just have to ask you, because I'm sure you saw it and just hope nobody else made the comment. How do you feel about Trevor Lawrence and Baker Mayfield having the same odds as Mitch Trubisky? Oh, that's (laughs) fine. That's fine. I mean, we'll win more games from both of those teams. So it's fine. What? Uh, yeah. yeah, wait, what? Say that again. The Jaguars will win more games than the Panthers? Yeah, for sure. And? No, 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 no. And the Steelers? Uh, yeah, if they start playing Kenny Pickett, for sure. Okay. Ooh. I still don't think they do, but... You're telling me yeah, the, you're telling me the Jaguars yeah. are going to have a winning season? Hey, I'm rooting for it. I'm 100%, no, 1,000% no, I've already, rooting I've said, for it. I've said this. I think, they, I think the Jags go 7-10. and 10. Okay. I think it was 7 and 10. I so. do think Trevor Lawrence can have a good year. I'm looking oh, forward to it. I've been rooting forward with Doug with Peterson. A, with a tight end like Evan Ingram, how can you not? How can you not? Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'm no. just telling you, first guy in, last guy out, all training camp. He's on the jugs machine every morning. These are things yeah. I'm following, okay? It's going to happen. He needs to. He needs to. He's dropping just, way too many balls I just balls feel like me and, the, me and the 2017 tight end class, it's like, I just need you <laughs> one last time. Evan Ingram, David Njoku, let's ride. Let's ride. Let's do it. So, all right, cool. That Titan does Nation. it for us. Let's ride. Titan Nation. Yeah. Exactly. Um, next week, we will be back early next week, and we will do all of our division winners and playoff brackets. You will hear who we each of us think is going to be in the Super Bowl and what seeds they are going to be heading into the playoffs. So one of my favorite episodes every single year. So super excited for that. And then guess what? The week after that, it's betting show. Like we're into college football. Like boys, I, I I'm excited about it. So I'm going to just talk to you about it. I leave for Gainesville in 13 days and I can't wait. Literally. I forgot you were going to that game. Holy shit. Yeah. And so excited. Jazz Florida, should be. Florida doesn't know what's about to hit them. They just don't. There's going to be so many Utah fans there. Like it's going to be, it's going to be weird. Like how many Utah fans I, I think really? they'll be, I think they'll be surprised on how many. 
I can't wait. I'm going to take the under in that game just because you're going. I can't wait. I mean, last Utah game I went to, it was like over by like, it was the over like hit like in the early third quarter. In the yeah, Rose yeah. Bowl, Rose so. Bowl. Yeah, the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. <laughs> Future Don't Heisman Trophy winner. CJ Stroud it to you. So I'm just saying. Yeah, the last Utah Utes game that I went to, you know, the over hit in the third. Well, which game was it? Oh, you know, the Rose Bowl against Ohio State, a historic matchup. Yeah, that one. Just that one. Just. Oh man, I actually I told Dan this the other day. I tried to rewatch it the other day. <laughs> I got I got maybe three minutes into the game and I was like, I can't do it. I can't really. It hurt. It hurt. Didn't Utah it have hurts. like literal walk-ons playing corner. They had a they had a running back playing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The running yeah, back playing corner. He was yeah, doing yeah, good. Yeah, he did pretty, I mean, he got burned a lot, but like he made some <laughs> plays. Like he, yeah. obviously, like I mean, Stroud threw for what, like 700 yards. So oh, like he got he uh, got he got burned. Is he like, is he playing corner this year or running back? Running I gotta back. ask. He's playing running, running back. back. Okay. Yeah. So like the problem is we had a starter out and our number four, five, and six cornerbacks were all out. So we we only had two healthy cornerbacks on the roster the, the number one in Clark who had a pick and then like the number three and that's it and so like when we were in like nickel defense he had to go out there like he's playing both like how weird is it you see a dude playing both ways because he was playing running back too every time that Thomas mm-hmm. needed a break and he's our and our he's our kick returner as well so just just an athlete uh, what are his Heisman odds? I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, three-way yeah, player, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, anyways, all right, boys. It was nice being back with all three of you. We'll be back again early next week. Again, playoff predictions, which is always awesome. We appreciate y'all tonight. We've been talking to you.